Hey, everybody. Welcome to Beauty East, the podcast where uh, we listen or we watch bad movies so that you don't have to. Uh, I am one of your two co-hosts, Patrick DeGeest, along with Beauty. Yeah, that is me. I am DeBeauty, Scott. And I don't know why I'm called DeBeauty, but it just it just fits. <laughs> right. Well, I had to be DeGeest, so uh, well, that only he, leaves the beauty for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you had pretty good claim to DeGeest. Right. We're not going to switch that. Uh, this week we watched Raw Force, which is uh, another one we went in blind, or I picked solely based on the box art, which reminded me of a uh, NES video game cover. And boy, I'm, boy, was this a winner. I'm going to call it a winner right off the bat. <laughs> I would I would definitely agree. Uh it's not what you think. The description that was given both by IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes did not really specify very well what this actually went through. Uh, the, the, journey, the journey was much more intense than, than, what these, than what these websites would tell you. Right, right. The 2B description, just a quick refresh, refresher, says... While on a mysterious island, the Burbank Karate Club finds itself facing off against kung fu fighting zombies, slave traders, and cannibal monks. And this just kind of got suggested while uh, while we were watching some of our other uh, movies on Tubi. So I just assumed it would be a horror movie. It was was barely a horror movie, but still pretty wildly entertaining in a uh, uh, so bad it's good kind of way and just a, you know wacky events kind of way bad acting a lot of boobs well, <laughs> everything you, you want you would you would think that when you have cannibals and zombie samurai in the same movie you're dealing with some sort of horror movie but that was not the case right right and again they're they're in the descriptions of of just about every uh you know the short paragraph that we read on multiple websites for raw force and, and the, the cannibals well, and, and really the zombies samurai don't show up really until the last 20 minutes. <laughs> well, no, no. I mean, even when you open, we can, we can get into the breakdown of this. Sure. Right let's now, dive but... in. Uh, that's, that's, that is ignoring the opening scene, but yes, that's one second of zombie samurai and then they're barely back again the rest of the film <laughs> yes it was yeah so the movie opens with just this airplane flying over and you kind of don't know what's going on it's a uh, amphibious grumman albatross airplane i looked it up because i didn't it's one of those planes that can land and take off in water but officially an amphibious grumman albatross for uh, history nerds out there and there's there's a guy who turns out to be I guess he's he's the main bad guy. He looks like a nerdy Hitler. Yes, just imagine imagine a Hitler impersonator wearing glasses. Yes. Oh, and let's not forget that he's flying a closed cockpit plane, but wearing goggles in the opening scene, like where he is flying an open cockpit plane as well. Right. Goggles and like the the leather. World War II aviator helmet kind of thing. <laughs> so, just for yes. the look. Yes. Just, so he's eccentric. Just, just, just for the look. 
So yes, they land and you kind of go through as they're as they're going through. There's a bunch of random guys and a bunch of random girls there. You kind of don't really know what's going on with it. Yeah, and uh, nerdy Hitler, you know, and his uh, his henchmen lead the gals. Yeah, (laughs) lead the gals out onto some docks. They get locked in a cage. Uh, kind of weighed by these monk-looking fellas, and you find out that this is uh, essentially well, you think it's a slave trade. They are selling the the ladies for their weight in jade to yes. these monks, and and the jade you can one hundred percent tell is just styrofoam blocks painted green, green styrofoam. Yep, uh, it's it's good because there's there's immediate boobs in this one. Uh, yes. Nerd Hitler tells his uh, like top henchman Cooper, like, "Hey, get the clothes off these ladies." Cooper's like a weird. He gets called a hippie quite a few times. He's wearing like an open vest with his chest exposed. He's got a red bandana. Nerd Hitler tells him to take the clothes off these ladies, and he's just like, "All right, man, you're, awesome." You're, you also forgot the biggest part of the badass Cooper description, and that's the feather for the earring. Yes. <laughs> He's like the worst lead henchman you could imagine. A hippie, feathered earring, uh, open shirt with no muscle whatsoever. Like he's not hes not really a fighter. He's just a, a hippie. He's just Cooper. <laughs> yeah, he is. He, he is one of my favorites. We'll get to that later, but he is one of my favorites. But yeah, but they, they, they weigh the, uh, the naked women and the monks say, not that one. She's, she's too skinny. She's too skinny. So all these women are basically either half naked or pretty much they're, they're all half underwear. naked. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Or or they're in their underwear. Or fully and, naked. And, and and the monks then, which I have to say this before I forget too, the lead monk looks like Omar Epps. Yes. If everybody and they only knows. like bigger gals, apparently. They only like bigger gals. You find out why later. But in the meantime, you think, well, that's a pretty good deal if you're getting paid by their weight in jade. Like, sure, get the fatties. Get the skinny <laughs> gals out of there. Get the fatties. Get more jade for everybody. And and she didn't look any smaller than any of the others. Right. And but... the monks say, get her out of there. She's too skinny. You know, nerd Hitler and Cooper are kind of like, you know, okay, I guess you're the customer. We'll have to do it. They're not too pleased, but what are they going to do? It's the illegal they, slave trade. They they take they the the monks take one of the big buckets of jade that they have loaded on the scale, their their primitive scale. Yeah, they take it away after they take the other girl out to the the two, girl that's too skinny after she's removed from the cage, and then. Cooper is kind of like, well, what are we going to do now? And Nerd Hitler says, well, we can't take her back home because she's going to rat us out and tell us, you know, that she's been, that we're kidnapping people. So we're just going to leave her here. Yeah. Yeah. Nerd Hitler and his henchmen get back aboard the uh, amphibian Grumman Albatross with their jade, they leave the skinny, uh, skinny gal behind. They take off. The monks just kind of start laughing at her <laughs> as she she screams, starts to panic a little bit. Then, boom! Out of the bushes jumps uh, the first zombie samurai 
slashes her, kills her, blood squirts yep. out, and then boom. That's first, the uh, that's the intro. First boobs, first deaths. Yeah, and you know me, I like I like my deaths frequent and early. I don't like to wait an hour to get a death in these horror movies. So it's nice to see breasts and death within the first probably I didn't time it, but probably three minutes. For, yeah, first first three to five minutes. I mean, yeah. the first the first death was maybe slightly longer than five minutes, but everything else was was good. So then, yes, now we go to the actual introduction to the main characters, the Burbank Karate Club. <laughs> yeah, these are the main heroes. And if you're just listening to this, you can't see me air quoting. These are the main heroes, the Burbank Karate Club, uh, John Taylor, who you find out later, he's just a construction worker who I guess does karate in his off time. Mike O'Malley, who is a uh, certified public accountant. Slash yep. stunt man. <laughs> slash karate master. Slash karate master. Uh, Cookie Winchell, who is, uh, I think, I forget what police department she she belonged to. She was part of the LAPD SWAT, but she was not with them. There was only the three guys. Oh. That, that are part of the Burbank Karate Club. Okay. Who was the third guy? Uh, he was he was he was way way down the list of main characters like Gary yeah. or Steve or something. I don't know. Either way, worthless guy number three. Yeah, karate worthless ma- guy number three. master number three. They they are boarding a cruise ship and they're taking like a I think they said six week cruise. They're they're going on as you see when they pull up in the taxi cab. They're going on a budget cruise of the South Chinese South China Sea to Warrior island. island. Yes, it, which happens to be the island where the uh, the monks and nerd Hitler exchange uh, slaves for for jade. Yes. So yeah, they just they just have a brochure of Warrior Island. They want to take a budget cruise there. Uh, so that's where they're headed. They they board the cruise ship um, I, just for fun. They do like immediately start doing karate on the deck of the cruise ship. Yes, they. Oh well, you for, you forget too where you come across the scene with the captain and the chef, who's not wearing a shirt. Yeah, on the on the boat watching everybody board, and they're talking about how he's so great at karate. His name is Go Chin. Yeah, he's great at karate, but just wants to open his own restaurant. The captain yes. knows this, but the you know the captain the captain hates hates his boss Hazel, who's like a cheapskate who kind of owns owns the boat, and but doesn't keep it up, doesn't fix anything. There's no money in it, and he's telling Go Chin like, "Hey man, you're never gonna get your own restaurant if you keep working for this cheap bitch." <laughs> That is very true. That I believe those were his exact words. Yes. And then the captain starts yelling at the cheap bitch to get on board so she so they can actually leave. Yep. They take off. And that's that's about when they just have their own kind of fun karate karate practice, karate tournament on deck. They just bring their bow staffs, start fighting each other. It's and uh, I think holy holy shit was that a terribly choreographed fight. Which will be a common theme <laughs> in yes. raw force. Yes. 
Uh, it, it seemed like they were just trying to beat each other to death with raw force. And the fighting was terrible. They end up breaking a window and eventually jumping overboard. Yeah. <laughs> right. Terrible choreography. Like, you can just see them waiting for the uh you know the next blow to come it, it's not it doesn't even flow it's like they didn't even take multiple uh shots they didn't the, they didn't of, practice at all of the fight yeah they're just like guy will hold his bow staff up until the other guy hits it and then you know they reverse the rules now the other guy will block when the first guy hits it and that's that's how every fight goes it's just terribly choreographed but but whatever it's a b movie that's that's part of the charm of it yeah, that's the so they I, that's what they do their first day, um, and this is where you find out that Cookie is part of the LAPD SWAT because the guy, one of the other karate masters, decides he wants to do a self de, self defense demonstration. The lamest he, karate master, which I think is Gary, but he doesn't play a huge role. And and he he decides that he's going to find somebody from the audience there to pretend to attack with a knife. And lo and behold, he picks the only person in there that actually knows how to defend themselves. And as he starts coming at her with the knife, she completely blocks him. And he says, well, you haven't stopped me. You know, how are you going to stop me now? And she's like, well, I haven't shown you yet. And she throws him on the ground and basically disarms him and grabs the knife and starts holding it to his throat. Yeah, she whoops his ass because she's skilled and, and he's, and he's scary. Gary's the worst of the 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 Burbank Karate Club. <laughs> yes, she beats his ass. In the meantime, Mike O'Malley, Mike O'Malley, another one of the members of the Karate Club, uh, just hits on some random woman. She and you know about seconds after he's hitting on her, her husband shows up. And <laughs> yes, yes, he's he's in this weird European speedo kind of thing, basically showing off the goods to everybody. Yeah, yeah, he's got a speedo. Uh, and, and just to be clear, this cruise is is really like an orgy. It it seems like it's more of a swingers cruise than yes. a budget cruise. Because yeah, Mike apologizes once he realizes this woman has a husband, and the husband's just like, ah, don't worry about it, man. Come have a drink with us. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares if my wife's staring at your crotch? Yeah, <laughs> Lloyd, the husband, Lloyd. Anyway. Let's see. Where are we? Oh yeah, they so they they end up, I guess, docking at. Uh, they don't really say specifically, but they uh, a, a bunch of them go to shore. Yeah, they're they're at a they're at some random place. Yeah, they don't they don't really again. Yeah, like you said, they don't really say where they're docking, but they're of course with a typical cruise kind of thing. You have some time off the ship, and then you yep. go to the next spot. And you have some more time off the ship, and. Yeah. Was it Mike and Lloyd and Hazel and uh, Lloyd's wife? I forget her name. I think it's Anne, but they never really say it. They're going shopping, and suddenly Mike and Lloyd are are saying that they're going to go back to the ship, something like that. They're going to go do something else, and Lloyd decides he wants to go to the whorehouse. Yeah, right. Lloyd... Makes up an excuse. He's like, "Yeah, I'm feeling tired. Let's let's Mike, you and me go back so that we have plenty of energy for dancing later tonight." <laughs> and 
And his wife is like, okay, I guess. And then they get in a taxi and he's like, oh, no, let's go to this address. We're going to the whorehouse. I think the name was uh, House of a Thousand Pleasures. House of a Thousand and One Pleasures. A Thousand and One Pleasures. Yep, okay. you, missed, you missed one. I missed one. <laughs> Probably the most important pleasure. So, yeah, Mike and Lloyd go to the House of a Thousand Pleasures. Uh, Mike's not too keen on the idea. He's just I'm playing a good wingman. He's uh, just Lloyd, hanging out at the bar. Yeah, he's just hanging out at the bar while Lloyd takes a couple of ladies, just grabs their boobs. He's grabbing their boobs in the bedroom when uh, nerd Hitler shows up with his henchmen. This is apparently where they get a lot of their uh, their lady slaves to trade for Jade. Yes, because they showed up with like a uh, a fake police van. You see, you see them take their Jade. Which you saw, actually, you saw Mike and, and and Lloyd and the other two shopping at the Jade store. Right. And then that's when they decide that they're going to go to the whorehouse after that. So that's... And now the guys from the Jade store show up and remove all the Jade store signs from their truck to have it be a police van. Yeah, this is their brilliant business model. The, uh, the circle of life, right? So they... They have a fake police van, raid whorehouses, kidnap a few whores, fly them to Warrior Island, trade them for jade, bring the jade back to uh, uh, whatever whatever island that this is on, you know, the Philippines or Taiwan or something like that, and then sell the jade to tourists and repeat. So, yes, they, they, they sculpt the jade yeah, into the whatever statues. trinkets they want to they wanna have. And, and and then yes, rinse and repeat. Yeah, so that's that's this you know that they're out that step of their business model. Uh, Nerd Hitler and his henchmen are about to raid this uh, house of a thousand and one pleasures. Uh, they they kick the door in. Mike and Lloyd and a, a couple of the whores escape through the window, but uh, Nerd Hitler does capture some of them, throws them in the back of the fake van while the uh, the rest of the guys escape. Yes. <laughs> they then I believe they just go back onto the boat. Well, there's another there's a they go to like some of the guys go to a strip club that night. And I Oh forget, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I forget why. I don't even know why. Maybe Oh no. Okay. Okay. Mike Mike and Nerd Hitler are kind of talking before this fake police raid and Mike O'Malley, the world's greatest stuntman slash certified public accountant, uh, ha- brings his Warriors Island tourist brochure everywhere he goes. <laughs> and Hitler, nerd Hitler, takes a notice to it. And he's like, oh, you're going there? I recommend not going there. <laughs> it's a waste of time. But after those guys escape, nerd Hitler is like, we can't have anybody going to Warrior Island. They're going to... They're going to see our shady business deals. So later that night, Nerd Hitler's henchmen uh, try to kidnap the captain of the cruise ship to prevent them from... Yes, from being able to leave. That is that is correct, yes. And then, of course, there's a big bar fight. Right. Hitler, Nerd Hitler's henchmen did not count on the epic skills of the Burbank Karate Club being there. 
I don't think anybody counted on the epic skills of the it's like karate a, club. It's almost like a shitty diehard plot, right? Where Hans Gruber has this brilliant plan, and like, oh no, John McClane's like crawling around in the vents. This is kind of the same thing. Like, nerd Hitler is like, hey, I got this great business model. Oh shit, the Burbank Karate Club is just going to ruin everything. It's almost as bad as getting foiled by the police academy. Yes, yes. They they try to capture or kidnap the captain of the uh, the cruise ship, but no, the uh, Burbank Karate Club and Go Chin they kind of they kind of witness the attempted thing. Go Chin says, "Hey, captain, what's going on?" A karate fight breaks out. The Karate Club just beats the shit out of Hitler's henchmen, sends them off, you know, running away, so their their cruise can continue. Yeah, let's talk about the ridiculous jump kick on that, too, where the guy jumps off the hood of the car <laughs> and kicks through the window as the guy's driving away. Right, right. I and mean, again, they do are, it in slow motion. Epic, those are the epic skills of the Burbank Karate Club. They do it in slow motion, and it's it's hard to picture. But again, there's no, there's no grace to this. This is uh, John Taylor is the name of the character. Uh, yeah, slow motion jumps off the hood of a thing, kicks a window in air, kicking the driver of the uh, what ends up being the like uh, police van, the fake police van that they used to raid the the whorehouse. The Jade, sends him crashing yeah, the, the into Jade a store van. Yeah, sends it crashing into a wagon full of ducks, <laughs> and then all the henchmen just get out of the van and take off running, even though there's no damage to the van whatsoever. And then that's the end of the scene. Everybody just, they just go back to the boat. Like, that's what you expect when you're uh, on vacation in in the Philippines. <laughs> so it's, a Navy, it's like a Navy fight. Yes. Yeah, right. It's just part of the night, right? They, you know, these are manly men. They just want to kick some ass and uh, go back to the boat. Which is what they do. They go back to the boat, and then it's uh, the next day. They're They're still headed to Warriors Island. And this is where, like... The whole next day is like a like an orgy. I, I compared it to Porky's, where it's just dudes trying to get laid for probably twenty minutes of this movie. Oh, easily, easily, easily. twenty minutes. Yeah, they're back at sea. Just it's it's borderline orgy. <laughs> Giant birthday party going yeah, on like on the ship with Steve with people, Pulaski. <laughs> with yeah, Steve Pulaski's thirtieth birthday party. He, he got a six-week budget cruise to the South China Sea for his 30th birthday. And it's it's the craziest birthday party because, as far as you know, I think these are everyone else's strangers to Steve Pulaski, yet they're all drinking, except, they're all whipping yeah. their tits out. Except, except for probably the one person that Steve Pulaski went on this cruise with. What's that? Because it, it definitely showed that he was there. He was there with somebody, because there was a girl standing next to him when they're talking. When they're introducing him for his thirtieth birthday party, but yeah, besides that, everybody else is strangers, and it was just basically a giant swingers party. Yeah, they're wife swapping. They're trying to get laid. They have a uh, bald guy who's serving drinks who just headbutts a block of ice. To to shatter it into tiny cubes of ice, and that's just how he makes drinks. There's there's strangers wipe swapping, uh, tits everywhere. Everybody's getting trashed. They bring out Steve Pulaski's cake, and they like drop that onto uh, John Taylor's 
they don't really explain it. Is she, did they just meet at that moment? His girlfriend Eileen. I I would guess so. Um, and that would be my guess, which is hilarious because, again, he's instantly in love. They love each other. You know, they have drunk Gary. He falls on a table and gets spaghetti dropped on himself. There's a guy who's like, he's a male stripper. There's a uh, like hardcore Christian who refers to the party as like the devil's den. There's a woman who she's, she says she's a centerfold. Like it's just the weirdest party I've ever seen. <laughs> it, it is definitely a gather. Yeah, it's definitely a gathering of the oh, uh, just the strangest party you would ever attend. Yes, and it's it's great. It's great because there. I mean, there are boobs. If you like boobs, uh, this is this is one of the the high points of the the boobometer. It's off the <laughs> scale, man. It's off the scale. Yeah, because I mean, you, you got you got the whole the cake getting dropped on Eileen, and then they have to go. She has to go take a shower to wash the cake off of her. Then you have the other one who takes the other, the third karate master, back to the room where she tells him all about how she used to be. She used to date this mobster guy, and the only reason she's on the cruise is to get out of the country because she killed him. And then she, <laughs> yeah. she gets naked and they're going to do the, you know, and then you see the invasion by nerd Hitler's gang of merry men. Yeah. Which is, it's, it's one of the few smart moves they do is if you're going to raid a cruise ship, um, do you do night. it during the middle of a drunken orgy. <laughs> well, oh, we, we, let's not even forget about Lloyd and his, his run in with some random woman there too. Cause that's the first one you see is she's in there with Lloyd. He's, of course, drunk because Lloyd's always drunk. Yep. And he says something to upset her, so she takes out. She's leaving, and she's just, like, putting her shirt back on, just buttoning up her shirt or something like that. And all of a sudden, you see an arrow come flying out of nowhere because Feather Guy has decided, Cooper has decided that he's going to take her out with a crossbow. Yeah, Hitler's henchman's mission is still prevent this boat from coming to uh, Warrior's Island. So yeah, he boards with a crossbow, shoots Lloyd's, uh, just some chick he picked up that night, because it's an orgy, and Lloyd Lloyd likes fooling around behind his wife's back. So yeah, she gets shot with an arrow. And for some somehow he loaded that so quick again, because he almost shot Lloyd, because the, then yeah. there's a second arrow that comes through and hits it hits the door frame and yeah then mayhem ensues on on the boat yeah, then you have chaos. a guy with a you have a guy with a nazi helmet a nazi <laughs> batting helmet it's chaos we're going to we're probably get things out of order because there's just so it's jumping from scene to scene to scene but yeah that's one of the best ones uh i think it's steve Pulaski is is about to get it on with the 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 mobster's like ex-girlfriend who murdered him when a dude with a Nazi batting helmet <laughs> kicks the door in, just starts like dumping gasoline all over the place. Steve Pulaski's like, hey, man, what are you doing? <laughs> can't you see I'm busy? I put yeah, a sock on the door. door. Yeah, they get into a, a, a brief little fist fight, but uh, Steve Pulaski's a lover, not a fighter. That's yeah, he was not. He was he was not a member of the Burbank Karate Club. Yeah, he gets his ass kicked. Uh, meanwhile, 
Nazi or swastika like batting helmet guy then ties down <laughs> fetishist mobster girlfriend lady. That's yeah, he was not he was he was not a member of the Burbank Karate Club. Yeah, he gets his ass kicked. Uh meanwhile, Nazi or swastika like batting helmet guy then ties down <laughs> fetishist mobster girlfriend lady. <laughs> This is how absurd some of these scenes are. He ties yes. her, just ties her to the bed, completely butt-ass naked. When uh, Steve Pulaski's roommate, I guess, is that what you call it in a in a cruise ship? His Cabin roommate, mate. Yeah, bunk mate gets back from the, I think he was at the gym. He's the only one not trying to get laid at that moment. Comes back from the gym. They have bad karate fight round two now it's swastika batting helmet guy versus steve pulaski's roommate with butt naked (laughs) fetish mobster girlfriend tied to a bed who they fall on top of a few times uh swastika batting helmet guy like tries to lock himself in the bathroom and just pulaski's roommate punches through the door he went he went full jack torrance on that door yes (laughs) and like that and and that's just one of like the probably half dozen fights that are going on simultaneously as nerd Hitler's henchmen try to take over this vessel. I'm I, sure I, we're I forgetting some good ones. Oh, I, I'm I'm sure we are too. But the, that one that one stands out the most. There's fighting going on all over. All these people are are getting killed and yeah, bad fighting. Let's let's emphasize bad choreographed fighting. There's. Uh, John Taylor does like just a terrible fight with his crutch. Oh yes, yes, that was so bad. And it's funny because they they talk about him like he's the the biggest badass of the group, and he's he's the worst, uh, like karate fighter. He's the worst actor. I kind of wonder if he legit hurt himself while filming this because they gave him the. Uh, they gave him the the crutch after that poor karate chop. Yeah, I just got the video. Did it stop recording? It, yeah, it stopped and started recording again. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, I guess we'll just piece it together. We'll have two sure. videos. I don't know what we missed, but either way, there's bad karate fights. Then there's the terrible uh, spreading of gasoline with Cooper. Um Let's not forget the captain now has decided that he he finally he digs out his gun and starts shooting at all these people, just half-assed aiming for these people. He's shooting in their direction as they're spreading the gasoline over there. And then the terrible, absolutely fucking terrible special effects of the boat burning. Yeah, they uh of course the Burbank Karate Club gets the upper hand because they're they're John McClain in this scenario. And they start just beating the shit out of the Hitler's uh, bogus henchmen. Yeah, but as as the henchmen are fleeing, they decide to ignite the gas that they've dumped all over the place. It's just like a like a crappy. I don't even know what you call it in CGI, like a cinematic almost overlay of a it, generic it looks, explosion. <laughs> it, it it looks like they had a screensaver on in the background of a fireplace. Yeah, yeah. And then just ran the film over on top it. of it. Yeah, yeah. That's what it looks like. So there's yeah, they're saying the boat's on fire 
There's a few other bad scenes like uh, Go Chin, who, who seems like one of the few guys with legit karate skills. One of the f- funniest, <laughs> he's fighting some henchmen. The henchman like climbs up a ladder on a pillar. Go Chin climbs behind him on a ladder. Then the henchman just jumps off and then over the side of the boat. <laughs> yes. And Go Chin just like looks at him and just like shakes his head. Yep. Like, why not just jump overboard in the first place? But, but whatever. Whatever. Then the boat's stri- on fire. Yep. They, they decide they need to get off of the boat that is burning because they think it's going to sink. And you have, so they're fighting to get the life raft and get the, the ladder down to the life raft. So then. In, in the chaos, Cooper does kidnap Eileen. It's the only small victory for the henchmen. Uh, they lose just about every karate fight, but Cooper does kidnap John, big John Taylor's brand new girlfriend that he's in love with, throws her overboard, like gets them in a speedboat and and takes off with her. But yeah, the, the rest of the crew is trying to survive the the burning, sinking ship. Yep. Throw the throw the giant round life raft overboard. And then Throw, put the ladder over the over the railing so they can get get down so they can climb down and everybody climbs down and of course the captain is the last one to climb off the boat because that's just the way it's supposed to be if anybody's going to go down with the ship it's supposed to be the captain yep. then you, that ends the scene it fades out comes back fades back in they're in the life raft they're halfway uh you can see some water in the bottom of the life raft. They're halfway bailing out the life raft with coffee cans somehow magically that appeared there. You can see a boat in the background, but somehow they're hundreds of miles from the shipping lane. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, it's pretty, pretty, you know, small. The boat had to be pretty far away, but you could see a little, you could see a boat back there. It's probably the crew. The crew boat and everything. So anyway, they're sitting there. They're talking about how they don't have any water and they're not going to stay alive for very long if they don't find land soon. And suddenly they hear an airplane fly over. And surprise, surprise, it's Nerd Hitler. Nerd Hitler and Cooper. And to get the airplane's attention, the captain just starts firing off his pistol, which surprisingly works. Yes. Nerd. Surprisingly, <laughs> Nerd Hitler and or Cooper can hear gunshots over the sound of a plane. Yes, over the sound of the engine of their uh, Grumman Albatross. They hear it. They look out the window. They're like, oh, man, it's those. It's the same people from the cruise ship. We get we we keep failing to kill them. We got to go kill them. <laughs> Cooper, you suck. You need yeah. to kill these people. Cooper, you're wordless. And Cooper is just like a. High hippie. He's like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> but yeah, Hitler's still upset that there are still potential witnesses to uh to what's going on. Somebody might stumble across their jade run. Oh yeah. Oh, actually, and actually, before that, we find out before they uh, Hitler took off, they were talking talking to the. Uh, now Cooper asks the monks. You know what they do with these women like if you know no he asks hitler he's like hey you know if they if they like these women so much you know yeah do they boil them or just barbecue them yeah and hitler that, says that's exactly what he said 
Yeah, Hitler's like, well, they don't have sex with them. They just want to eat them. Eating female flesh gives them the magic powers to raise the dead. Yes, <laughs> Barbecuing them, to be specific. Give, give them the samurai zombies. Yep. So that's where we find out they, uh, it's not a sexual thing. The monks are eating these women. And Cooper looks a little distraught, but he still kind of goes for it. Meanwhile, the karate club kind of drift and eventually land on Warrior Island. They go looking for help. You know, they're on land. They, they start looking for help. Lloyd continues to be his drunk self. He gets a little whiny, has a bit of a hissy fit, <laughs> starts to challenge you know, who's in charge here? Why, you know, why is Mike O'Malley in charge? Why is John Taylor in charge? Lloyd has yes. a hissy fit, kind of grabs, grabs the pistol from Mike O'Malley. Which, which again, he shoots it into the ground. They have never reloaded this pistol. Right. They never even show the fact that the captain has grabbed more ammunition uh, than, than the six bullets that were in there. Which, when he was shooting at the plane, he must have shot, I think, eight or ten shots right. without reloading on, on, a, on a revolver. So there's only six shells in there. Yeah, and again, it's it's standard bad fight choreography for this movie. Like, Mike or uh, Lloyd grabs it from Mike. You can tell Mike is just standing there waiting for him to grab it. <laughs> then Lloyd is holding it. You know, he shoots a bullet into the sand until Go Chin chops his hand making him drop the pistol and then everyone's just cool with it. They're like, yeah, that's Lloyd. Lloyd gets drunk and fucks shit up, but yep. <laughs> Go chin, picks up the pistol and just tosses it casually back to Mike. Yep. <laughs> and you can tell though, this is where, this is where Mike O'Malley, uh, world's greatest stuntman and certified public accountant sees his opportunity. He's just really moving in hard on Lloyd's wife. I don't even remember her name, but he's been interested the entire movie. Now that Lloyd is kind of a sissy drunk, Mike sees his opportunity. And he's he's comforting her because Lloyd can't. Yes, because Lloyd's too drunk to do anything to help his wife out. And Lloyd does call him out on this. He's like, hey, you stay away from my wife. But he's not a he's not a real manly man. So you can see where this is going. So now they come up to the graveyard, and this is where shit gets ridiculous. Yeah. This, this, this is, this is the absolute most fucking ridiculous scene in this movie. Yes, they're they're again crossing the island, searching for help. Stumble across a graveyard, just start walking through. When uh, nerd Hitler and Hitler's henchmen pop out, nerd Hitler has a bazooka. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Which he immediately fires into the nearest tree. <laughs> That's like, all he can hit with it is a tree. Right. You set up this perfect ambush. They don't see it coming at all. He doesn't even get close with his bazooka missile. Just and, fires and, it into the nearest tree. And all of the Hitler henchmen have fucking machine guns. Yeah, like M16 machine guns. And and they're just going full ham on the trigger, trying to get and, and they can't hit anybody. No. They don't they don't come anywhere near hitting anybody. Classic and, spray and pray. And and then Hitler nerd Hitler fires another bazooka round into another tree. Right. Me and meanwhile, Burbank Karate Club somehow gets the drop on all of them, right? Oh wait. 
<laughs> First, the captain has a plan. He's like, I got a plan. I saw Clint Eastwood do this in a movie once. And so what's his plan? This is the first time he reloads the pistol with bullets from uh, Hazel's cleavage. And here's his brilliant plan. Just completely unloads, doesn't even aim, <laughs> which causes all the henchmen to like back off and run away, allowing the karate club to, I don't know, fall Ad- back. Advance and take yeah. over, take their weapons away. Yeah, advance. They somehow, they, they somehow just like each... Uh, each one of them crouches behind various uh, headstones, tombstones, where the henchmen don't seem to notice. They then as the they, head, yeah, they they just they can't see them. Apparently, they they must be like T Rexes. They can't see them unless they're moving. Don't notice at all. Yeah. Then as the henchmen kind of readvance through the graveyard, you know, all these like stealthy karate ninjas kind of surprise them, karate chop the guys, uh, steal their guns. More, more of the worst fighting you've ever seen. <laughs> like, yes, some of these moves uh, you would do on the playground in an elementary school. Yeah, J- there's one. John Taylor does like a somersault and squeals like a pig. Then he grabs like a flagpole and impales a guy with a flag. Uh, Cookie, Cookie, like chokes, like ch- chokes a guy to death with yeah, his with own the, machine gun. With with the yeah, with the sling from his rifle. Yes, yes, with the strap. Like again, and she she was crouched behind a tombstone. He doesn't see her anywhere. She surprises him, then chokes him to death with the strap of his own M16. She's able to wrestle the gun away, get the strap around his neck, twist it, and then pull him backwards over the over this yes. tombstone. So he so his feet are completely off the ground, being yep. pulled by the neck by by the sling of the rifle. Yeah. Michael Michael Malley, the world's greatest stuntman and certified public accountant. I just like saying that. <laughs> he like punches the bazooka out of Hitler's hands. <laughs> so, like, they go from uh, one side has a bazooka and like five machine guns, and the karate club has a pistol to completely disarming and killing the uh, the entire henchman side and and stealing all their weapons and like only, I think it's. Just about only Cooper and Hitler escape, right? Yes, yes. It's only Cooper and Nerd Hitler. And then the monks show up. Yeah. <laughs> Omar Omar Epps decides to show back up and talk to the survivors of the cruise ship. Yes, Hitler and Cooper take off. And apparently the whole time, a, a bunch of monks in robes were just watching and smiling this bazooka karate fight. They were probably hiding behind some other tombstones. Right. And they're just like, follow me. And and the karate club's like, okay. <laughs> so they go. The cannibal monks make a deal with the karate club. Oh, they go have a giant feast. They have like a tropical feast, and the monks are like, "Hey, well, uh, if you defeat the the reincarnated samurai warriors of Warrior Island, uh, we'll give you guys a boat." Nobody thinks it's odd. They're just like, okay, let's do that. So they have the feast, which is uh, apparently catered by the the madam of the House of a Thousand and One Pleasures, who was kidnapped like a couple days earlier. <laughs> <laughs> now she's like a waitress at Cannibal Monk Island. 
<laughs> and that's go chin go go chin like they just survived a bazooka fight with hitler uh they're getting ready to have a karate tournament against zombie samurai and go chin is talking to the madam of the house of a thousand own pleasures and he's like hey you should come work for me at my restaurant <laughs> <laughs> which i guess good for him man he's always planning for the future He's got his eyes on what he wants to do in life, you know? <laughs> He's not going to let this series of unfortunate events uh, dissuade him from starting his own restaurant. <laughs> Which, I just thought that was absurd. Like, focus on the zombie samurai guy. Yeah, and this is where it kind of... Drew, I mean, there there's a whole bunch of the zombie samurai guys. There's some, there's a white ninja guy. There's black ninja guy. Uh, you know, white outfit, black outfit. Um, there's guys with swords. You see all these fights go on all over. Um, I did see that Lloyd did not make it, but I did miss his death. I don't remember what how Lloyd died. He uh he just bled to death like. He got kind of he he got slashed by the zombie samurai. Okay. And Mike Mike's Mike O'Malley is actually kind of a stand-up dude. Uh, despite trying to bone Lloyd's wife, <laughs> he also did kind of help carry a uh, wounded Lloyd off the battlefield, but uh Lloyd just bled out like the next morning. Okay. Oh yeah, and we forgot the kitchen. We forgot the monk kitchen. So like, as they're having the the pre zombie samurai tournament feast, they cut to the uh, the monk kitchen where Eileen is tied up. They're about to cook her, and they are already eating uh, a different dead woman's body as they use their cannibal monk magic to raise the zombie samurai from the dead. <laughs> Such absurd sentences when describing this movie. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, yeah, I just remember the giant fight scenes and them running all over the island, and then nerd Hitler is trying to get back to his plane. Yeah, yeah. After they escape, they escape kind of the uh, the zombie samurai for temporarily. Uh, Lloyd bleeds out. They they just stumble upon nerd Hitler's plane, and. Uh, Nearby the plane, they spot a <laughs> the jade mine. <laughs> they spot the jade mine. <sighs> Somehow, Nerd Hitler and Cooper get the drop on the uh, Burbank Karate Club. That's you know, impossible. Right. You would think it's impossible, but they do it. They get the drop on them. But surprise, zombie samurais have also caught up to them. They, Yeah, they're pinched. Yep. Yep, they're pinched. They're caught between the Burbank Sam Karate Club and Zombie Samurai. Cooper just takes like a, a a bow staff to the face and is never heard from again, which I felt bad because he was one of my favorite guys. But he just like is either I, maybe he's killed, but it just looks like he's knocked out. Yeah, because I just remember seeing uh, the one guy from the Burbank Karate Club. I think that had to have been Mike O'Malley. And and nerd Hitler running to the run running to to the plane. Yeah, in the chaos, they both make a break for the plane. And nerd Hitler gets into the plane and starts the engines up and starts to take off. 
But then he sees Mike O'Malley there and just <laughs> jumps out and gets absolutely destroyed by piranhas. Yes. First, they have another poorly choreographed fight. Oh, Hitler Hitler poor... clubs Mike in the head with a, 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 a boulder or a rock. I don't, what do you call it? Lump of jade. <laughs> About like a, I don't know, softball size lump of jade. Clubs Mike O'Malley in the head. Mike O'Malley is kind of dazed, laying on the floor bleeding. And so what's the best move in that situation? Hitler jumps overboard into the lake of piranhas. <laughs> yes. And they did actually mention earlier, too, that that Asian piranhas are bigger and more aggressive <laughs> than South American piranhas. Yeah. Some Casu- of the worst. Casually. Yeah. Just, just conveniently uh, placed foreshadowing. <laughs> they stumble on this lake and they're just like, oh, yeah, by the way. These are some of the most deadly piranhas in the world right here. <laughs> and then Hitler, nerd Hitler, jumps into the lake and gets eaten alive. <laughs> and, yeah, and everybody else is fighting along the docks and trying to get there, fighting the samurai. And you see one guy spreading something around the edge of the dock. And you can't really tell what it is. You find out in a, in a minute what it is, because... They're all fighting. They're trying to get knocked. Gochin gets knocked in the water and barely escapes the piranhas. And finally, you see this guy. Uh, boy, I, I don't know if that was John Taylor. It might have been John Taylor. They all kind of blended together because they were kind of worthless characters. But yes, um, just lights up, you know, randomly pulls out this lighter and lights up this stick of dynamite and throws it on the dock as they all hop into the plane and start to take off. And all of a sudden you see all of these explosions going off because apparently what he was throwing all over the, the docks and, and the, the shoreline around the docks was dynamite. Yeah, as awkward and uh, clunky as the piranha foreshadowing was, they, they don't really make it clear that it's dynamite. But, I mean, they are little sticks. All you need is a two-second close-up that says dynamite. But, yeah, he... He tosses the dynamite, blows up the entire dock. Uh, they escape in the plane that happens to be fully loaded with jade. Yep. Hitler Cap- and Cooper have loaded up. Captain Mitchell has, has discovers the, the, the jade. And between him and the cheap bitch, they decide that they're going to split the jade. Don't even include anybody else in there. They're, they're splitting the jade and they're going to buy a new cruise ship. And a nice one at that. Yeah, and they, they fly off. They all kind of kiss each other. Uh, they live happily ever after. And it just says, to be continued. <laughs> yes. Uh, I would, I would, I wish there was a way to find out if there actually was a sequel. Because I would love to see more of the Burbank Karate Club. I googled it. They never made a sequel. And I'm oh. a little disappointed. How does that not shock me? I mean, I'm disappointed as well, but that also doesn't surprise me. Right. Oh, and they, they like all start kissing at the end, too. So it's like uh, uh, yeah, the captain and uh, the cheap bitch suddenly suddenly love each other. Um, Mike O'Malley and Lloyd's wife. <laughs> <laughs> she got over Lloyd's death pretty quickly because they're a couple I now. Mean- She's a widow now. She's she's been a, she's been a widow for five minutes. She's right, right. she's good to go for the next one. John Taylor and Eileen, who 
he just met on the cruise ship, but I, they're in love now. And and Go Chin and the uh, the owner of the House of a Thousand and One Pleasures. So they all they all find riches and love at the end of Raw Force. And yeah, they they tease us with to be continued, but it never happens. What what about Cookie? Did she make it? On there, or she just alone. She's just going back. She just loves her job too much. She loves. Oh yeah, yeah. Cookie gets cup. on there, but she doesn't have a man, so she just loves her. She's she's in love with her job. She's a, yeah. She's a strong, independent woman who doesn't need no man. So she just needs to kick ass. <laughs> she's a, she's an LAPD SWAT cop. I hope it makes sense. I hope our description makes sense because just describing scenes. Where you're like you're like swastika baseball helmet breaks there, into Steve Pulaski's room and ties up the fetish mobster's girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, so there good. there is there is way too much. It's almost like we're playing Mad Libs with movie scenes. Yes, yes, but yes. Our description does not do this movie justice. There is so much going on that you can't describe. You you would probably have to watch this three or four times to actually catch all of the stupid bullshit. Yeah. And don't, don't let our description dissuade you from watching uh, this. (laughs) I I will definitely say that I went into it expecting horror, got an action movie. I loved it though. Me too. It was great. and, And it was the perfect bad B action movie, like boobs everywhere, a terrible acting, just terrible plot. But just in such a wacky way that it was so entertaining. Worse fighting than Steven Seagal movies. Yes, the fight scenes, just worse and worse. Like, you'd think, how can it get any worse than this? And then it does. It tops itself. <laughs> and the thing that you know that, that got me, too, is, like, they're in the South China Sea. That's a tropical area. And nobody was ever sweating. No. <laughs> No, well, there's, we've talked about continuity control before. You know, I'm sure there's none. Like, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> like Cooper. Uh, well, let's, let's talk about favorite characters because Cooper was one of my favorites just because he's, he's like your worst, the worst henchman possible. And yet he's nerd Hitler's right hand man, but he, he has very limited fighting skills. He's apparently a hippie because nerd hip, nerd Hitler refers to him as like a, hippie a few times so you think he's maybe even opposed to fighting he doesn't accomplish much of anything except maybe shooting that one topless lady with a crossbow <laughs> <laughs> that, and, that was his that that was probably his greatest life achievement yeah yeah it's the it's the only time he was competent in any like combat situation but yet he's getting 15 percent of the jade hall at at the end he started off getting 10 and then Nerd Hitler bumped him up to 15%. Yeah, Hitler gave him a raise. Oh, that was a fun scene, too, because it showed her Nerd Hitler really cared, or sort of really cared, because it's toward the end. And it's where they were bringing Eileen like, to the island. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a point. Yeah, Cooper asks for a raise, and Nerd Hitler is reluctant to give it to him. And then later in the movie, Nerd Hitler's like, yeah, I can tell you're really uh, affected because all your friends died. But uh, I'm gonna give you a raise <laughs> to 15. <15%. laughs> yeah, and I, I I think Cooper wanted Eileen as well. I mean, he would have he would have fought he would have fought John Taylor for Eileen yes. if if it came down to it because 
that's when when after they brought Eileen to the island and they were hauling her away in the cage, that's when he asked if they boiled them or barbecued them. And then he, you see him look back again at her as as she's being carried away. Yeah, he's reluctant at that point. And I, Eileen's pretty attractive. I can see why. So. There were... Yeah, were, I would I would say probably my favorite character though would was was the the mobster fetishist girlfriend. Um, <laughs> that's just, a good one. Just, just like just how casually she describes how this this mobster guy's cheating on her and all that, and he, she would come home and find other women in her bed, and then just you know just casually mentions that oh you know. Well, the other mobsters killed him? No, I killed him. <laughs> yeah. Ca- casually admits to premeditated murder on, on a cruise ship to a stranger she's never met before. Complete stranger. As she's stripping completely naked to get it on with uh, birthday boy Steve Pulaski, who is <laughs> one of my other favorite characters. Because he, in a movie full of bad acting, he had maybe the worst acting. <laughs> and he had a small he had a small role, but his his five lines total everyone was just awful <laughs> but they had an orgy in his honor he uh just about got it on with the you know murderous mobster's ex-girlfriend and then got his ass kicked by a uh, swastika helmet guy and, and then yeah you assume he dies in the uh the cruise ship explosion because that's the last you see of him same well, with, same yeah. with the mobster's mobster girlfriend yep Yep, there's so many people that were left on that. Uh, bartender dude. Yeah, bartender dude. Male stripper guy. <laughs> there were so many people that died on that boat. Yeah, the, the, the like hardcore Christian guy who called <laughs> the orgy the devil's den. Like he had one line, like a, a girl goes up and hits on him. And he's just like, this is the devil's den. <laughs> Yes, I, I I would definitely recommend uh, watching Raw Force. It, it is available for free on Tubi TV. Uh, we did. I don't know if we did mention it last week, but it did get a forty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes for an audience score on five hundred plus ratings. So, for a B movie the way it is, I would say that that is actually pretty good. Um, I. I really enjoyed. Yeah. If you're legit rating this, that's probably accurate. But if, like, if you're looking for a bad B action movie, this is about as good as it gets. <laughs> if if you're looking for a movie to drink beer and make fun of with your friends, this is easily probably I would say getting close to top ten. Yes, epic level. This is epic level bad B movie in a good way. So yeah, I would recommend it too. This is, oh, I had so much fun watching this. <laughs> so this is going to wrap up our talk for Raw Force. Uh, we will have this episode up on Saturday. And for next week, we are going to watch the movie Feast, which has the description of trapped in a remote tavern, a group of strangers, and then it lists the actors' names, which include... Balthazar Getty, Henry Rollins, Navi Rawat, and Krista Allen must band together for survival. Outside the bar, a horde of ravenous, flesh-eating monsters 
are trying to break in and dine on the frightened humans inside. Sorry, I had to actually correct the description on Rotten Tomatoes there because it said flesh eating monsters and trying to break in and dine instead of are trying to break in. <laughs> this is rated R from 2006. Uh, it is rated R for language, gore, drug content, pervasive, strong violence, and some sexuality. It'll be hard for them to top the amount of breasts that was in Raw Force, but, uh, well, I guess I know they don't. I've seen this one. It's been a while. Uh, I don't remember many specific details. I remember liking it, and they kind of have a little fun with the uh, creature creature survival genre. So I remember this being a good one. And I think there are at least one or two sequels. So so if you like this one, I wouldn't mind going to the sequels either. If if they're available, we can definitely go to the sequels. Uh, I do see also looking at the um looking at the cast, uh like I said Henry Rollins, Judah Friedlander, Josh Zuckerman, Tretch from Naughty by Nature, Jason Muse. <clears throat> yeah, some legit stars. Executive producers of Ben Affleck, Wes Craven, and Matt Damon. Legit people we've heard of before, unlike uh, Raw Forth. Yeah, I would definitely say that this is uh, probably going to be the biggest budget movie that we have actually yeah. reviewed over this. But I was looking through... Yesterday, when I was going through Tubi TV, and it looked interesting enough. And again, the box art kind of caught my attention. So, yeah, it's good. Creature, creature features. Maybe I've mentioned it before. Those, I think that's my favorite horror. I like a good monster that just kills ninety uh, percent of the cast. That's that's my favorite type of horror film. Yeah, and not like a supernatural slasher kind of thing either. Right, right. Yeah, I'm not as big a fan of like uh, I don't know, paranormal activity or whatever. I like I like monsters just killing everybody. Yeah, I, I would re- much rather see monsters, uh, something like you know, more along the lines of Starship Troopers than I would the Halloween movies or even Friday the Thirteenth. You know, something that's not supernatural, not a supernatural human being. Yeah. I'd much rather see monsters doing it. Well, this is a good one. If I remember anything, I believe there is a lot of death and some uh, some fun scenes. I'm All excited right. to watch this one again. All right. So that is going to wrap up the movie talk. What you got going on this week? Uh, the usual. Going to comedy tonight. I actually have uh, two friends of mine that I met when I was working at the radio station in Brainerd. They're they're coming up tonight, and one of them is going to try stand-up comedy, open mic for the first time, and then we're going to try to play some board games. So that's what I got going tonight and tomorrow. How about you? Uh, I have getting ready for Adepticon. Um, that is coming up way too fast. I'm getting very close to having everything painted for that, but I do have a few things left to tidy up. Uh, I leave a week from Thursday, so it's going to be kind of a quick turnaround time. Next week's going to be really busy, so I'll be gone Thursday through... We'll leave Thursday morning super early and be back Monday afternoon. Get some some nerdy games in over the weekend and 
Hell yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really a, that's really about it. Probably spend way too much money buying stuff I don't really need. Um, yep. <laughs> but, you know, you only get so many vacations a year. Right, man. I feel like I wish I could board game more because we're playing. I think the goal is to play some uh, Aliens, another glorious day in the core board game, which I know you have. And then uh, Nemesis, which is maybe my favorite board game. And what's the other one we want to try to play? Oh, yeah. Chaos in the Old World, which is uh, kind of based on Warhammer lore. Okay. So that's a good lineup. Yeah, Those are some I of my have, favorites. I have one day of events planned for Adepticon, so I have four days of well, one one day is travel. Um, so we'll like I said, we'll leave early Thursday morning. We'll get down to the Schaumburg, Chicago area early afternoon on Thursday. And check into the hotel Thursday afternoon and eventually uh, make it well we'll make our way to the convention hall probably first because I don't think we can check in until later Thursday afternoon get everything checked in get everything loaded back into the car all of the goodie bags and everything loaded back into the car walk around the convention for a while go back to the hotel check into the hotel figure out what we're going to do for dinner Friday, I have nothing going on. So Friday is just a hangout day. Saturday is the only day I have events. So Saturday, I will I have events basically from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, between the two the two games that I'm playing, Frostgrave and Stargrave. And then Sunday is another just hangout day where we're not even I don't have any events scheduled. Um, I know a few people that we are going with have events scheduled and I mean, it's, yeah, it's just kind of a, kind of a hangout day. And like I said, just, just a kind of a relaxing weekend. I really don't have anything super, super ridiculous plan. Uh, that's just the way that things always go. Let me ask you, this is maybe a dumb question because I've never gone to conventions, but I've always wanted to. Do they like, uh, do the hotels gouge you on convention weekend? Do they like double their price? We are not staying at the, um, at the place where the convention is being held. Um, one of, one of the guys that we go with is pretty good about deal shopping for hotels and, uh, if if we were to stay at the Renaissance Hotel, which is where the convention is at, I think it's about $180 a night. Okay, I mean, that's not outrageous. But um, I think we are probably at about $200 for the entire weekend for okay. our hotel. So That's pretty cheap. Yeah, yeah, it, it it is. I mean, we're staying at it, and and this is the first year that they've had two separate locations, and they're a few they're they're only a few minutes apart, but they're also going to have a shuttle going back and forth between the two locations, and our hotel is within walking distance of the secondary location, so we don't even. 
uh, we don't even have to drive over to the convention hall if we don't want to. Sure. All right. Because so that, that's as bad kinda, as I would have guessed. No, no, it's really not. And and the thing is too is that like we we used to have to get there super early because if you if you got there at eight o'clock, you couldn't find a parking spot. So we would get we would get to the convention hall at like seven, seven fifteen, seven thirty, just to be able to get a parking spot, even though nothing really opened up until ten. Sure. <laughs> I mean they they had you know they would have events running and stuff like that, but like the vendor hall wasn't open until ten. Um, you know, so like there wasn't a whole lot going on until mid morning. But uh, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I'd like to. Uh, I don't know, go to a convention. Although I'd like to play just games more in my normal life. <laughs> Wouldn't we all? Right, right. I got so many board games. I feel like I play them less than once a month. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely for sure. But yeah, we did have a pretty good weekend. We missed you this past weekend playing some Magic the Gathering as well. Um, Russ, Brian, Sapana, and I got together and played some cards. And we played five games, I think it was. And Sapana and I won one of them. <laughs> Which actually was the best part because it was the, the deck that I had the Brian thinks this deck sucks for the sleeves <laughs> for, which I sent you his reaction, which I was actually very happy with his reaction with that. Yes. He didn't take it too seriously. Right. And that's the deck you want to win with. What, uh, what deck did you put in those sleeves? Uh, I put a brand new one in. I had not used that deck ever. Okay. You can get a win with a brand new deck. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, that was the only deck that Sapana. That was the only game that Sapana and I won, because uh, Sapana used nothing but precons the rest of the day. The rest of the well, <laughs> he was using a precon in the in the game that we played too, in the game that we won. Um, and then we we played four commander games and then one Oathbreaker game, which um, yeah, did not. Things did not go our, our way very well in 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 the, some of the games. There was some close games, uh, but the Oathbreaker game that we played was not close at all. <laughs> well, yeah, hopefully I can make it soon. I uh, oh, Saturdays are the worst day for me because I'm usually helping out at the comedy club. But uh, in the summer, they switched to just one show. And I, so I think I could actually come to a Saturday magic day. All right. I don't know when they make that switch, but I don't have to be at work until like seven thirty instead of five. That seems weird because, well, I guess I guess not. I mean, I, I guess people are not inside as much during the summer, so that it's easier to have a one, you know, one show a night. Yeah, that's what they say. I guess uh, even though the tourism is up in the summer in Duluth, Minnesota, they say that uh, a lot of people are just. Would rather be outside. Busy doing other things. <laughs> yeah, so they switched to just one late show instead of a early and a late show. So I'll be able to come play in a month or two. I don't know, whenever they start that. Yeah, I saw I saw the video for your one-liner tournament, too. 
science you know, on the video there. <laughs> that should be fun. I've never done one before, but they do it almost like a game of, I don't know, horse almost like someone just goes up, does a one liner. If they get laughs, they stay in. If nobody laughs, they're just out and they rotate all the comedians round after round until there's only one guy left and that person wins. I think you'll be fine. We'll see. One liners aren't my strength, but I'm going to, you know, it's good to step outside your comfort zone. So I'm going to try to write at least 20 good ones and see how long that can take me. Yeah. Well, I gave you one last week. Yes. <laughs> I got another one for you, too. Let's hear it. All right. Why is it whenever I see the Minute Clinic, I think of the sperm bank? Why? <laughs> what do you mean, why? <laughs> I'll add it to the list. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that one's pretty bad. That one, that one has, I think, a funny premise to it. But it definitely needs work. That's all right. Yeah, a lot of them just need tweaking. Yeah. All right. Well, does that bring us to the end? Is it time to put a bow on things? I think it's time to wrap this bitch up. So here we are again at the end of another episode. We are wrapping up episode 11, which will be 10 on your radio dial. But... Uh, that's just the way we numbered them. Again, we watch bad movies so you don't have to. This is Scott DeBeauty signing off. And Pat DeGeest signing off. <laughs>